Northwestern University. Excited to be back for the Sports Voice After Dark. My name is Michael Stern. I'm joined here in studio by Marty Johnson and our great Sports Voice After Dark producer, Amit Malik. It was an exciting week of Northwestern athletics. A lot of great work from our non-revenue teams. Both our soccer teams are playing well, but the thing that everybody wants to talk about is the Northwestern football team. A hard-fought, exciting game that just didn't go the Wildcats' way on Saturday. Final score was 22-21. to Western Michigan took down the Wildcats. Marty, what are your first thoughts? The first question that I have on our list here is where should Northwestern fans be at on the panic meter, 0-10? to What do you think? Um, well, I think... I think my my ba- my base instinct is to overreact and say, oh, it should be at ten, but really it should be around five or under because Western Michigan isn't that bad of a team. They're actually pretty good. They have a top um, twenty-five offense last year. Um, Zach Terrell was one of the was one of the top twenty-five in uh, throwing yards. Their uh, receiver um, Corey Davis uh, was fourth in all of college football. Um, and receiving yards with like over 1,400 and 12 touchdowns. Kid can play. And so for a team that only, for the Wildcats, to give up 22 points in this offense is not the problem. I think the problem is um, the offense. Offense offense was good. Justin Jackson, you know, was his usual ball carrier, carrier self. Um, and Clayton Thorson played well for most of the game. Um, we didn't see him make the mistakes that Clayton Thorson had made in the past. He didn't turn the ball over at le- except the worst possible time on the goal line. And that's something that, you know, you want someone who's going to be the leader of your team now, a redshirt sophomore, to not make. Yeah, I don't, I mean, for me, I agree with you that the defense played well. I even think the offense played pretty well. I think the panic meter is not very high. I think it's like a two or a three at this point. You'll get this game, and this is this is college football for you. Like, weird things happen sometimes. Western Michigan had a great game plan. They held the ball for 39 minutes. They were able to take advantage of a young defensive line. They were able to hold the ball. They didn't get a lot of huge plays, but they were able to move methodically. And when you only have the ball for a third of the game, any mistake you make is going to be magnified. Northwestern made only one mistake, and like you said, it was one too many. But I didn't. it's not the end of the world. This team is clearly a solid team. And if you think about it, they this team was outpossessed by 20 minutes and still only lost by one point and still feels like they should have won the game against, like you said, a solid team. I think all signs are positive that Northwestern is still going to have a very solid season. So my panic meter is at two or three. Yeah, the one thing that, the one bad thing, I guess, other than the loss that came out of the game was Warren Long is a broken hand. Yeah. He is out for the foreseeable future. Uh Coach Fitzgerald said that in his press conference. Um, so that that hurts. Um, Warren Long's a reliable backup, and he's uh, dangerous in the return game. Um, but moving forward, um, I think the Cats have a pretty good chance against Illinois State this week. Yeah, they should have a good chance. I like what you, that you're bringing up Warren Long. That's definitely a piece of the puzzle that Northwestern's going to be missing. The Wildcats have some talented running backs. Coach Fitz didn't seem too inclined to have them super involved once Long went down on Saturday. We saw John Moten come in for a couple plays, but he was mainly just in as a pass protector. I think we're going to see almost open auditions, if you will, on Saturday if the Wildcats can get out to a healthy lead against Illinois State for who's going to fill in behind Justin Jackson because he's going to need a backup. didn't really need a backup this week because, like I just said, they only had the ball for 20 minutes and he was barely on the field. He's going to need a backup going forward, and until Warren Long comes back, that's a hole Northwestern's going to have to fill. I don't know, how, how did you feel about the defensive line? That's the biggest question mark for me going forward, I think, is the D-line. I'll jump in here. Um, I think they were, you know, there's a lot of talent. You know, Tyler Lancaster returning should be really good. Odenigbo returning should be good. Robbins is a senior. And I thought, you know, they just really didn't generate pressure because they were dropping in a lot of zone coverage. And, you know, when you do that, you want to generate pressure with a four-man rush, and it wasn't happening when they needed it most on those third downs. And, you know, when, like you said, with so much time possession in Western Michigan's favor, you could spin it like, yeah, Northwestern actually looked good. They only gave up 22 points. They, did, they didn't bend a lot and not break, you know, allowing a lot of field goals. I thought the problem was there were so many third and longs that that was the hallmark of the Northwestern defense last year was low third down conversion rates, 33%. This year, this first game, it was bad. And I think a lot of that stems with the fact that Terrell just had enough time to find the guys 
people were sitting in those pockets in between the zone coverage. And the pass rush just was a little worrisome. So I, that's the one thing I was most concerned about from that game. And I think I think that will improve. I, I don't think that will be the case going forward. A lot of young players, a lot of players that haven't played every down. Odenabo has been mainly a pass rusher since he showed up. A lot of talent, like you said. And I just, I didn't think that people even, I know I for one didn't even consider the effect that losing some real talent on that defensive line it came out today. Dean Lowry yeah. is going to start for the Packers in week one. And Deontay Gibson was no slouch on the other end. How much that affected Anthony Walker and the rest of the linebacking court? There weren't as many holes for him to kind of run through and tackle people. Yeah, no. Um, Walker was a preseason first-team All-American. That's really impressive. And I think he had a quiet game. Um, and I think not only that, but you talk about the playmakers. He didn't have to be the single playmaker on this defense. Last year, he could come in and be... He could show freakish athleticism and make a play, but he didn't have to be the person to catch line on, on every single play because you had that very talented defensive line. But you le- lose those two people, uh, Lowry and Deontay Gibson, on the defensive line, and now it's more, it's two, it's two Walker, it's two Gardner Iguobike, um, and then the people in the secondary. And that was the one thing that was also missing from uh, the defense. Uh, last year's hallmark was they had a lot of turnovers. They... F- they forced a lot of turnovers, and that's why they were so effective. Um, and they had none, uh, and that's something that Coach Fitch talked about in his uh, uh, in his press conference. We need to have more turnovers, and I think that's something that they're going to try to focus on more uh, this week. Yeah, one quick thing about walkers. I think what we were both hinting at, I don't know if Fitz said this on Saturday after the game or in his Monday press conference, that Walker was trying to lead too much, and he was just kind of, you know, he, he, he didn't play badly, but, you know, when he's an All-American preseason guy, you expect him to be your star defensive player. And I think, wow, it was really crazy missing Lowry and Gibson, what that does for him. And, like, it limits his ability to use his athleticism. And what I thought happened is Jalen Prater ended up leading the game in tackles. And I think the reason why is because so many of these plays were breaking to the second level. And Prater was there to kind of clean up, but it was when it was like a five-yard game where you really wish it was a two-yard game. It was a 10-yard gain when you wish it was a 5-yard gain. And Walker is, you know, one of the best things he had was his ability to get in the backfield, 20 and a half tackles for loss. That was, He just wasn't able to get in there without the early penetration from the, the star defensive lineman last year. And he had a lot more freedom to roam around last year because everybody else was so solid. Now it's his job to be solid, and it looks a little bit different. It's not that he wasn't solid, but he can't be in the backfield and guarding slot receivers and doing everything at the same time, so... And then the secondary is another really interesting place for me with Keith Watkins going down, with Marcus McShepard playing up wide receiver, with Nick Van Hoos and Travion Henry graduated and gone. Where are the Wildcats getting plays from in the secondary? I mean, they were having just simple assignment breakdowns fit set on Monday that on that last third and eight where they were able to complete that pass to Carrington Thompson on the sideline that Hardage was supposed to be in press coverage and he wasn't in that, you know. The Wildcats will learn from that, but those are the kind of mistakes that you can't really make in a big Big Ten game, and those are coming soon. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. It's it's the youngness that that youth is starting to show, and I think it also showed on the um, four fourth down conversions that the Broncos were able to convert. They were four for four and fourth down. Um, the Wildcat, the rest of, rest of Michigan did a good job of keeping the ball, but the Wildcats didn't help themselves any gain them off the field. Um, and I think that comes down to youth and knowing what you have to do exactly at that time to make that play and helping yourself out. It's You have to be ready for the fourth down, and they weren't, and that was something that Western Michigan really used to hurt the Cats. Yeah, the question that you asked is where are the plays going to come from? And I think Godwin returning, you know, he's had a lot of tackles. He's solid. I think he, he understands his job as a safety very well to protect the deep ball. And on the run, he, he gets involved in the box. He did a good job, I thought. Matt Harris, I thought, did a very good job hanging in there against Corey Davis. There was maybe a few catches that, you know, good good plays by Davis. But he didn't let up anything big. There was that one play in the second quarter that was a deep ball to the end zone that it looked like the receivers were burned, but Ter- uh, Zach Terrell just overthrew it out of the end zone. That was a little worrisome, but... You know, one play is going to happen. Um, 
two of them can make plays, but that's not enough. And that's why you're going to miss having Nick Van Hoos last year and Trevor Henry. That uh, second safety spot is really, you know, a, a weak point of that secondary, which is a good secondary. And I, I don't know what to think of Monte Harge. I thought he was okay in the first game, but that was a, like you said, you can't make that mistake on third and, uh, third and seven with the game, you know, in, in the balance. And I think he's getting there and learning, but how scary was it when he was hurt? The, the depth is a really big concern for this team. So the plays have to come from Hardage and the other safety. I think, was it McGee? Play, he, he played some. They had to move Cairo down to nickel because the linebackers yeah. just couldn't stay with the slot receivers. So yeah, he K- got some time. Kiro had some playing time last year in, in bursts, and I think he's good. And, you know, he does a good job. But then again, if, if no one's going to cover the slot receivers, then you have to play nickel, don't you? Yeah. So... And they had, they had to bring him back down to nickel corner, which is yeah. what he played last year. But, I mean, and it, I, for me, it's not even as much the pass defense. I thought that was, for the most part, fine. It's the tackling. Van Hoos and that Henry were terrific open field tacklers. And Western Michigan, I found, getting a lot of extra yards of perfect play to look at is that little hot screen pass that they used or that swing pass out to Eskridge where they got their first touchdown in the third quarter. There were chances to bring him down. It was a well-blocked play, and I feel like a guy like Henry – in the past, or a guy like Van Hoos would have been able to come in and get Eskridge on the ground before he got to the end zone. I think that's an area where the Cats can improve going forward. I think that was an underrated part of uh, both cornerbacks' game last year. Harris is still pretty good at it, but Van Hoos and uh, Harris to tackle on the outside when runs got out there and to limit big plays after the catch. Um, I, I guess, like, I'm, I don't, I, I don't want to say, like, I've been watching Montre Hardage's plays and, like, he's a bad tackler, but... You know, it wasn't a concern. That well, he's not a senior. He's going yeah, yeah. to get better every yeah, week. Exactly. And he's going to be much better on Saturday than he was in week one. Yeah. And he wasn't terrible in week one. He did a pretty nice yeah. job. But, you know, that's another... You, you think of defensive back as a position where you're stopping passes from being complete. You also got to make some tackles. And that's another area that these young defensive backs are going to have to work on. Punter was good, though. He was awesome. <laughs> I saw a tweet, and it's like, Hunter needs to learn how to punt over the offseason. That's funny, but it's also good because that a lot of times the defense would hold him, and then he would punt 30 yards, and they'd have it in great field position. So seeing him, he averaged, like, his net average was, like, 52 yards. He had two punts points. for 52 yards, and it's the first time he's had a multi-50-plus-yard punting game since last year versus Nebraska. He only had six punts of over 50 yards last year. Uh, and so he's already one third of the way there, and uh, he had he had twenty one punts inside the twenty last year, and this year he he had one one of them. But his net average last year was something like thirty eight. Yeah, that's low. That's horrible. <laughs> that's I think it was good. I think it was in the one hundred twenty plus range of teams in FBS. Fifty two is good. It won't settle there, but if he can keep it above forty two, forty three, you know that's you'll take that, especially. You know, in the Big Ten, field position battles are going to matter matter a lot. So, Punting off to a good start. I think offense off to a good start. People aren't really talking about yeah. this, but Northwestern had a lot of trouble punching the ball in in the red zone last year. We can talk about why they didn't get to the red zone as much as they might have been able to, but they made three trips in. They scored two touchdowns. That's a ratio that I'll take mm-hmm. after what happened last year. I think they were much better in the red zone, and they had some more dynamic plays than I was expecting. Yeah, they, go they, ahead, they go gave ahead. Justin Jackson the ball at the goal line, and he showed that he can punch it in. Last year, a lot of the times, you know, you'd see Jackson run the run it down the field for the Cats, and then they'd use Clayton Thorson or someone else turning it in from short. But uh, this year, they put it in this this first game. They put it in Jackson's hand, and he delivered. So. Uh, but I think it's a little more complex than that, right? I mean, they also were a really creative. Tip of the head to the offensive play calling staff in the red zone. They, Justin Jackson had two touchdowns. One was a play that I saw growing up in Southern California where LT kind of helicoptered over the line pretty much twice a week. They ran that on third and goal. He just elevated. That was Brian, something they didn't Brian, really do. I saw do. that Graham, Brian Westbrook over the Eagles. One of the great Villanova Wildcats, Brian Westbrook. <laughs> he, I mean, he was really good at that that jumping play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Jackson pulled it. It wasn't a yeah. play we saw much last year. And a fourth and one toss, like, that's pretty hype. I, I definitely thought, have used I, that, like, three times in Madden since <laughs> yeah. that happened. I thought the play call on the Thorson fumble was really good. The entire defense bit on the option to Jackson. And Thorson was looked home free. And I think 
the one bad piece of execution was the wide receivers on the outside kind of let their blocks up halfway through the play and allowed the pressure to get there. Okay, like, I'm not going to get into specifics, but good play call, like you said. Yeah, it was, play really, it was fun. And I'm not and I'm not concerned about the fumble. It happens against Duke last year. Duke had a screen set up perfectly in the red zone, and then the humongous hands of Dean Lowry came out of nowhere, grabbed the ball, and took it. The, it happens. Yeah. Northwestern had a really good track record last year of making all the plays they needed to make. They still almost made the play. Vault did a great job to jump on that loose ball in the end zone, but sometimes it doesn't go your way, and that's what happened for them on Saturday. But I was encouraged. I want to see a little improvement, Marty, with the wide receivers and with the offensive line going forward. Yeah, I think that's definitely something to look at. You know, the wide receiver, a lot of, you know, you could say it was one of the Wildcats' weakest positions last year. And losing Dan Vitale to the NFL, that really hurt because he was their main receiver um, in the super back role that he had. But I, I, was, I was encouraged by seeing Austin Carr um, and Sullivan Vart and Garrett Dickerson have bigger roles in this offense. Austin Carr... Um, is probably the most seasoned person that they have now. Um, and so to see him be able to make those catches, you saw drops were a problem with this wide receiver's core last year. Um, there weren't a lot of those. Um, and that helps um, not only the overall offense, but it helps Clayton get that confidence that you want him to have and develop throughout this season. Yeah, I'm done with that. I agree with that. Carr was fabulous. Jackson, more of a threat out of the backfield as a receiver. I think that's important. And you mentioned Garrett Dickerson's a freaking truck out there. That play right before the read option where he just, you know, hit the truck stick and ran over a couple people. That was encouraging. And I think as the season goes, we're going to see a lot more playmaking opportunities for Vault, for McShepard, and for Flynn Nagel. I think Vault is still a little raw at receiver. I know he's already played two games and had a lot of practices there. I think he has all the talent and all the skills necessary, but it's just he's going to need more reps to get better. I look at the third down and long where he ended up one yard short of the first down. He just needs more and more reps, but I'm really encouraged that he's going to be a big playmaker for the Wildcats on the outside. So that's that's about all you can say about the Western Michigan game. There's not much to say about the Illinois State game either. I think that this is a tough opponent for Northwestern. Illinois State's a team that's had six winning seasons in the last seven years. Their coach is a longtime defensive coordinator at Purdue, knows how the Big Ten works, five returning offensive linemen. But they are in need of playmakers. Their quarterback was a guy named Trey Roberson who played at Indiana and then lost that QB job to Sudfeld. He's gone, and their starting running back was really great last year. He was the first guy to get an NFL combine invite out of Illinois State in about 10 years, but he's gone as well, so they need replacements in the running game. And this is a defense that Northwestern, frankly, should be able to score on. They should be able to get pushed up front with their offensive line. They should be able to run their whole playbook. So I'm not too concerned. I think that Illinois State is very talented as far as FCS teams go, but I think if Northwestern has a good week of practice, they should be able to put them away. Yeah, like you said, Illinois State has a history. In 2014, they lost to North Dakota State and the uh, FCS championship game. Um, so that just shows you the kind of talent level that they have that they're possible of, of doing. But like you said, they lost um, main people in the offense. Um, I think this is a game, and they talk about, you know, you have to beat the bad teams. This is a time when Northwestern needs to show, like, show the difference between the two levels of talent. They need to beat them and beat them well um, and execute their game plan well and get back on track. Amit, yeah, anything to add? Good. I think, uh, <laughs> no, I'm letting you guys roll. I think that uh, this should be a game they should win comfortably. And Illinois State is no pushover. They're one of the best teams in the FCS. But, you know, like Marty said, I think in terms of a mentality standpoint, if you're Northwestern, you're looking at this game, you say, we want to make a statement. We have to show, hey, last week was tough, but we're still a good team. There's a lot of time in this season left, and we're going to come right back out and just, you know, run it up their throats. Like, this is a game where Justin Jackson should have maybe three more touchdowns. Maybe Thorson gets, you know, some passing touchdowns. I, I want to see them win by two touchdowns. That's my that's my goal for the, the, you know, goal to achieve for this game. And some advanced scouting, of course, will happen for Duke. They're taking on a Wake Forest team that had a really freaking weird first week of the season. 
So we'll see them. They beat. I think they beat. They won. They beat Tulane seven to three. A very, a very exciting game between the Deeks and the Green Wave. But it'll be a test for Duke. A better test than North Carolina Central. So we'll learn a lot about Duke, Northwestern's week three opponent. We'll learn a lot about Northwestern as they get a chance to take on Illinois State. How do you like that for you know running through it pretty much, pretty much on the dial there, Mitt Malik as we head back for Sports Voice After Dark. And college football is well, well within tune. We had a great first weekend, and now the Northwestern Wildcats will look at the NFL where they'll have a starting quarterback on the first Thursday night of the regular season. The great Trevor Simeon and the Broncos taking on the Panthers. And where 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 else to start but right there in that AFC West at the Broncos? As we start to look through the NFL, it's hard to believe that it's already that time. The season starts yeah. tomorrow, and amid you figured why why not give some predictions for who we think is going to win the divisions and win the Super Bowl and stuff yeah. like that. So I say why not start with Trevor's yeah, division with the AFC West, and it's going to be tough for the Broncos, I think. That you know, and it's not just the fact that Simeon's replacing Peyton Manning as a passer; he's also replacing him as a football mind, and he was so good at getting the Broncos into the right play all the time. Yeah, I think one thing that Peyton Manning was really good at, and this is not underrated about his game, people knew this, is that he could audible to the run to the right spot of the defense, and that he could. There's no blitz that Peyton Manning hadn't seen before. Trevor Simeon's going to have a tough time, you know, audibling that, and teams are going to throw. A lot of obs- I don't know what the word is uh, exotic cover exotic schemes at him and especially this Panthers defense they've got to be licking their lips going wow we want to hit Trevor Simeon <laughs> we want to hit C J Anderson we want to have a field day so it like you said yeah he's they're gonna miss that high mind uh, the mind of Peyton Manning and while yeah they lose Peyton Manning and that's something that you can't you can't replace he's one of the all time greats but something that doesn't you know go away is the Broncos defense. Von Miller just became the like richest NFL defensive player in the history um, of the of the game. Um, they don't lose any huge positions, so I think they've just kind of switched. I don't think the Broncos are in much of as much of a rebuilding phase as they've kind of switched what their mentality is going to be. It's not going to be where you see Peyton Manning throw five touchdowns. Trevor Simeon's not going to do that, but he can be a game manager. He can run the offense efficiently. Um, and not turn the ball over, and then let the defense do what defense did best. I mean, they are defending two bowl champions. Give it to them straight. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think they're still yeah. going to make the playoffs. Like I, you yeah. said, their divisions, their their defense is really good. They're going to play all the first-place teams. That's the great thing about the NFL. You get a lot of parity because everybody has to play the place team that they finished on par with. They're going to play all the first-place teams. I think the Chiefs are going to jump. The Chiefs have, now have about 43 running backs that they can put in there if Jamal Charles does not return as healthy as they would have hoped. I like the Chiefs to win that division and the Broncos to take a wild card. How about you guys? I have the Chiefs to win, and I have the Raiders actually sneaking in for the wild card over the Broncos. Now, that's a that's a bold pick, and uh, that's a tribute to former, uh, fellow WNUR staffer Matthew McHugh. Go Raider Nation. Uh, we can talk about the Raiders more, but go ahead. Go ahead. The Raiders are fun. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, I, I see the Broncos. I see the Raiders winning the division. That, that might that might look stupid, you know, the last week in November, but Derek Carr, is, he showed flashes of it last year. He has a great arm. He has receivers, Amari Cooper. He's a monster. We have Michael Crabtree, who's had his uh, uh, career some, somewhat resurrected there. And Oakland, they have Martavius uh, Murray. Um, as their running back. So I think, and their defense is also really good. So I think the Raiders are going to get slept on, and I think they could do it. The question with the Raiders is, there's two questions, where, the way I look. I think there's no doubt that if you look at like the stock market of that division, that's, that's that the worried. Raiders are trending up and the Broncos are trending down. There's too, much hype. There's too down. much hype on the Raiders. It's, it's not that there's too much hype, it's... Who's going to make plays on their defense? Cool, I get man. that they have Khalil Mack, <laughs> but who's going to make yeah, plays yeah, on their yeah. defense? And can they win close games? And That's, I don't think we have an answer to either of those we questions don't know. yet. Yeah. I think within two, three years, we're going to have affirmative yes answers to both of those questions. But I think right now, I'm putting them third, and that's just and me. That's fine. Maybe it'll be, you know, if you're the Raiders, I you want to hope to go nine and seven or ten and six. Any of these 11, 12 win talks winning division, that's bold. I think if they make the wild card, it'd be a nine and seven. So that's my my hope, and hoping for a weaker season from AFC North which is always a strong division. 
the Broncos are going to play the Panthers in week one. And we're recording this on a Wednesday night, but this will be dropping on a Thursday. So if you're listening, probably tonight is when you'll be seeing the NFL season get back in action. And the Panthers are in the NFC South. Is anybody going to be able to take yeah. down the Josh Normanless Panthers in the South? I think the Buccaneers could be interesting. I think Jameis Winston, you know, you saw what Jameis Winston does best. He makes plays. He's athletic. Um, but I think he also, Doug Martin, has been a beast. He's been steady, consistent. Um, Mike Evans, he was hurt beginning of last season. You, They hope that he um, can be that number one receiver for them. I, I like the um, I like the Buccaneers to compete for a wild card spot. Yeah, I agree. I like the Buccaneers to take a wild card spot. I think that they are really right there. I think that New Orleans has a lot of questions on defense. I think Atlanta has <laughs> a lot of questions, <laughs> period. I think Tampa Bay plays a favorable schedule. I think their defense is super underrated. I think Levante David is a beast in the middle. I think they stole Brent Grimes from the Dolphins. He's a very capable defensive back. I think there's just going to be a positive vibe around that team in Dirk Cutter's first year, and I think that they lucked out because Teddy Bridgewater got injured, and I think that they're going to get a wild card. And yeah. I think the Panthers are still going to win the division. And don't forget about the Panthers. They have Kelvin Benjamin coming back to their offense. What more do they need? Can Cam, his arm now, his ability to pass, and the way he just like flicks the ball out so effortlessly, that that offense is going to be you know top five in the league. And how many touchdowns did Ted Ginn drop last yeah. year? <laughs> like Kelvin Benjamin's not dropping all those. Yeah, I think the Buccaneers. You know, they're a team slated for a lot of improvement. You know, I don't like. They, they're a team that should be good, and I think they have to be so excited. You know, not that you ever excited to see a guy like Teddy Bridgewater go down, but it really opens up that second wild card spot. Because if you were looking at it before, you'd say um, Cardinal Seahawks, that's one wild card spot gone. And the next best team, you had Packers and Vikings. And the Vikings were, you know, I think Vikings and one of the NFC West teams were everyone's prediction for the playoff teams. And, you know, there's a few other teams, maybe the NFC East. We can talk about the Redskins and the Giants saying maybe we can sneak in uh, there. But you There's know, a the, chance for the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, the Buccaneers have to be excited about their prospects. And the Bucks are a team that's going to have to play up to that wild card. I think that makes a big difference. There are teams that sort of view that wild card as a safety net or as an expectation, and that's always dangerous. The Bucks are going to have to set it as a goal, that's, play for it all that's season. That's a danger I think for the NFC it. West. For the, the the Seahawks and Cardinals, in case one of those teams is, it's week eight and they're four and four. You know that's dangerous. But yeah, and I mean, are we all in agreement in the West and the North that it's going to be Green Bay out of the North and Seattle and Arizona in some order out of the West? I agree. I, I agree. I think there's a chance the Vikings could still reclaim that wild card spot. Yeah, their defense and maybe is even so challenge their defense is good. But as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, which is well known to anyone that knows me. I can vouch for the fact that Sam Bradford is not the man. He is not the man. He is so mediocre in every definition of the word that, you know, they're going to be leading on their defense a lot. And sure, they can still get there, but playoffs, maybe. And who is it for you in that Seattle-Arizona conversation? Who's on top and who's coming in second? I think it hinges on the health of Carson Palmer. If Carson Palmer's healthy, I'd say the Cardinals. But I I don't know. He's old and that drop-off has to come at some point, doesn't it? I mean, I, you know, Carson Palmer after he with the Bengals, he you know he jumped around a little bit. He, I thought he was done, and then he comes to Arizona, and Arizona has this knack for reviving lost quarterbacks. Kurt Warner, um, of my beloved now Los Angeles Rams, no longer a fan. Um, neither here nor there. But the part point is, last year until he got hurt, Carson Palmer was having an MVP caliber season. He was leading that team, and then he got hurt. And they faltered off. So if he can stay healthy, I think that hinges on how well their offensive line can protect him. And um, he is old. Um, he's been in the league a long time. How many hits can they shield him from? Um, I think they have a great line. And he survived. And they survived his injury. Yeah. yeah. They didn't survive they're, to Ron they, Matthews' yeah. injury, but they survived his injury. And they are even tougher now. They have David Johnson, another year older, <laughs> in the backfield, and they picked up. Chandler Jones, because of course everybody needs five more pass rushers than they had last year. I'm, They're dangerous. I'm worried about the Seahawks' offensive line. Now, when they pass, Russell Wilson is a pocket magician. He can uh, dodge pressure like no one else can. But, you know, that offensive line is worrisome 
for for the team's prospects going forward. And I'm worried about their running game too. I mean, yeah. you, you don't you don't replace Marshawn Lynch, and you know they try to do it with Christine Michael, like uh, John Rowles um, last season um, when Lynch was hurt, and it didn't really work out. So now Rawls is kind of the guy, and you'll see how can he how can you replace Beast Mode? You really can't. You uh, in terms of unique running styles, Marshawn Lynch was you know in his own class kind of, um, and he really complemented that game because. Two people can hurt you with their legs, uh, Russell Wilson and then Marshawn Lynch. So if that part of um, the run, that part of their offense goes away, they're going to struggle um, putting up the points that they did before. I spent some time in South Florida this spring. Watch out for a South Florida guy in that backfield as well, Alex Collins, who came from Arkansas. He was really good for the Razorbacks, and he might get some carries there. But I, I'm totally on board. Let's wrap up the NFC with everybody's favorite division, the <laughs> NFC East. I'll let you guys go first because I think any of these four teams, even still with Tony yeah. Romo injured, you could make an argument for any four of these teams to win this division. What? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, and you know, this year was a year I said, you know, this is a team that six or seven wins. I thought I still stand by that. And that I could think, win this division. But no, eight wins could, seven wins won't. There's, you know, someone will win eight games. I still think the Eagles is like. Crazy it could be could win the division if Carson Wentz turns out to be an amazing rookie. I think that's extremely unlikely. I still think, despite Romo's injury, they have like a one percent edge over the Redskins to win this division. I'm not very high in the Giants, although, like again, this division is just such a crapshoot. If you if you had to ask me, I'd say the Cowboys could do it. You know, they can go four and four, uh, four and five in nine weeks. Romo comes back and leads them to. 10-6 and six or 9-7, and seven, and that could be good enough to win. So I think the Cowboys will win, as, as much as I hate to say that. I think Romo is, is good when he's healthy, and O-line is amazing, and defense needs to sniff 15th overall, about league average, for them to do it. So it's doable. I mean, you know, the Cowboys are really good at going 8-8. Eight and eight. So, you know, if, you, if you're saying 8-8 eight and eight is what gets you to the playoffs, and I do like the Cowboys, I think I like Dax Prescott. You know, what he showed in the preseason was impressive. But yes, it was a preseason. How much does that really matter? Um, but for a rookie, I mean, I guess you can juxtapose that with Jared Goff of the Rams. He's really struggled in the preseason. Um, and as a result, he's a third string, and Dax Prescott is going quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. So I, I think he could be good. Des Bryant, if he stays healthy, is a huge target for him. Um, you know, the o- offensive line is good. They'll keep him protected. He can run with his legs. He's fast. He's physical. I like the Cowboys. You know, you never count the Giants out, you know. Come to center, they always seem to find magic there with Eli. Um, but I, I like the Cowboys. I'm, I'm wide asleep, fast asleep on the Redskins. I don't I don't think they... I'm not buying it. the Redskins. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all... They're going to... Redskins going to have to play those first-place teams. Yeah. I'm all in I don't, the Giants. I also think Kirk Cousins is about a slightly above-average starter. And I don't think he will be... You like that, Kirk Cousins. So. And I'm all in on the Giants. They, they had five <laughs> or six rushers. Are they, they had, and they threw a bunch of money at that defense. They've got dudes that are new at all Janoris levels Jenkins. of that of that defense. Janoris Jenkins. What's the guy's name from the Jets? Lunch sack snacks snacks. Harrison is their new defensive <laughs> tackle. He's supposedly good. I mean, um, they should. They be. threw a lot of money and. And they had five or six games on you that they just farted away. Yeah, that they, they won the game and then still lost. The Giants, I think, benefited the most from Tony Romo's injury because they could really win this division if their offense keeps doing it, performs at their level. And it's also that new coach, new vibe thing. Like I feel like McAdoo is going to not be Tom Coughlin. It doesn't matter though; yeah, he's yeah, not Tom true. Coughlin. <laughs> there were five or six games last year where the Cowboys not where, Tom Coughlin is better than Tom. Where Coughlin. there was no way the Giants were going to lose the game, and then they lost all five. And if they won like two of these five games that they had in the bag, they would have won the division. Yeah. I think they were the most talented they team were. in that division last year. I think they don't have to play the first place teams in the Eagles other divisions this year, and I think that they're gonna they're gonna get it done. They threw a lot of money, and they're gonna get it done. Another team that threw a lot of money out is the Houston Texans, who decided to take huge gambles on Brock Eisweiler and Lamar Miller. They are in position in the AFC South. Do they get it done? I think it's I think I think it's possible. Uh, I'm on the fence about Brock Eisweiler as a legitimate quarterback. Of the yeah, NBA. I'm right there and, with and, you. And the NFL, um, but I you know. 
can Mario Williams be the Mario Williams he was when he first came to the league? Can he stay healthy? Can J.J. Watt come back from the injury he's having? They're not going to have him for the first couple of games. Um, he's going to play. Superhuman. <laughs> I, I think the Colts will win, even though I just think Brock Osweiler will end up leaving the Texans one or two games short of what they need. And while they could be a good team, you know, like we said, there's two or three potential playoff teams in the West, AFC, and two or three in the North. Or maybe just two. I don't, I don't buy the Ravens this year. Oh, yeah, the Ravens. It's the Jaguars, baby. It's the year of the Jaguars. I'm telling you, Dante Fowler Jr. is back. as He was hurt all year as a rookie. They're another team that threw some serious cash at their defense. Malik Jackson came over from the Broncos. I feel like they got Amuk Namara from the Giants. They have a lot of people. And the draft guy, Jalen Ramsey, he's a star. And Miles Jack in the second round. This is a team team that's straight loaded. Blake Bortles is going to take the next step. They brought in Ivory. Yeldon's a beast. Robinson and Hearns are good. I think it's their year. I don't think you can fix an offensive line in a year. I think the Colts are still in trouble. And I agree. I'm not buying the Osweiler hype train. I think it's Jacksonville's year in the South. the Houston defense will still be excellent. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I just don't think Osweiler's the guy that's going to get you the playoffs. And then do we all have the Patriots winning the AFC East? Yeah, for sure. Pretty sure, right? For sure. None of those other teams are good enough to take advantage of four games without Brady. But I think the Jets are going to make the playoffs. I think the Jets are going to take a wild card. I think it's going to be the Jets and the Broncos taking the wild cards. I think that it's too much of a disadvantage to play in the North and the South. I think that the Jets have two games against the Bills and two games against the Dolphins. And they're going to be there, and they're going to. And Fitzpatrick is good. I was surprised. He, he, I have him in several fantasy drafts. But he has a telepathic late. connection with Decker and uh, Marshall. So. And he's so solid. And Todd Bowles is great on defense. Todd Bowles and Leonard yeah. Williams added to that defensive line. Another year of growth for him. I think the Jets make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I have uh, Chiefs, Raiders, Patriots, Colts, Steelers, and Bengals. Okay, so you have two out of the North. Yeah, I think both of those. The, Steelers and Bengals are both too good to miss the playoffs. Now who? Now who do? Who do? Who do people have in that in that north? Well, I said Steelers and Bengals. Yeah, and yeah. the Steelers winning it. I have the Steelers winning it. Okay, I really am a big believer in their offense. I mean, the off- offense is a little big. Ben, you know, is now like old Ben. He's an old guy. He's a little more rotund than he used to be in his playing years, but he doesn't have to be, you know. Amazing because you have Le'Veon Bell who's suspended for the first couple of games, but you also have Antonio Brown, arguably the best receiver in football. So, um, I think that helps. I think their defense is always solid. Um, they always seem to find you know guys who you haven't heard of um, step up and become good for the Steelers. Yeah, like Pierre Toussaint, who uh, guy I've never heard of. Yeah, he from really Michigan. Stepped, yeah, he really stepped up. So I mean, Steelers. <laughs> not at all. Not, <laughs> not in the I mean, no, I'd, I'd heard of him because he's a Big Ten guy, but I think yeah. not. Didn't really know that much about him as an NFL player. But here's where here's where I'm at in this AFC North. I think the Ravens are going to be better than they were last year. Everybody was hurt for them last year. I think that hurts the Steelers. And the Bengals are not going away. No, I believe. Won't. I believe that last year is the straw that broke the Bengals back. That they're going to come back this year and say, "How can we not well, win this a playoff is, game this year?" This is Jones. Uh, what is the coach? Marvin Lewis has Marvin been there Lewis. forever, this is last and year. they've been consistent so forever. Yeah. And they're going to just say, "If we don't commit stupid penalties, we can win this division and we can win a playoff game." And they're going to do it. And I believe in them. And I think I guess they're uh, there's, perfect there's strangers two sides to the second round. They're two sides. <laughs> they're two sides to that coin. Sorry, I had to get that in. I'll yeah, there are two sides to that coin. I think the Bengals are motivated. I think they're still a very talented team. I don't yeah. think they lost much. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they lost much. And the Steelers, who is it going to be for the Steelers? One of their wide is it Martavis Bryant? Defense isn't a- their defense is bad. The Steelers, or at least not amazing. And Martavis Bryant is isn't he suspended for the whole season? Yeah. They cashed. Marcus they cashed is not a guy you want to believe in. And they cashed in their check on this Chargers tight end who's already injured. And I just don't know how they're gonna do it. Like it can't. I just don't like, like sleeping it, on the Steelers. That's my. No, you can never sleep on the Steelers. <laughs> but the Steelers have this way where they kind Maybe of every other year put the it all Steelers together. Being a wild card team because I think the Bengals are a better team all around than the Steelers. So yeah, you never know. 
So we, we, we hit up all the divisions. If you were taking notes on all of that, you know who we have everywhere. I think, should we skip right to the to the conference championships? I feel like that's yeah. the move. And we, can, we, we don't have to talk about our picks for week one. I think that was a pretty extensive preview yeah. of the NFL. So why don't we talk about the conference is, And week one is such a crapshoot, yeah. too. Let's you talk about know. the conference championships for a little. Yeah, and we got to do this pretty fast. I was not as good at timing this, this here segment as I was the last one. But I'll let you guys go, and if you say everything that I was going to say, we'll just be done. So, Marty, what do you think conference title title games? I think for the NFC, you're going to see the Cardinals and the Panthers. Um, the, the Panthers, and I, I honestly, I don't see anyone being the Panthers. I don't see anyone who's gotten that good, has gotten improved that much. I think Cam Newton always can, only going to get better. Luke Kuechly, he's a monster um, at that line. I think they return to their second uh, Super Bowl in as many years. And then from the South, uh, from the AFC, sorry. No, no worries. <laughs> um I would have, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to have the Bengals, and I'm going to have the Patriots, um, with the Patriots returning Tom Brady, which could be his last hurrah um, with Bill Belichick. Gets back to the Super Yeah, Bowl. in the NFC, I was just, this is so hard, because in my head, I was like, oh, Seahawks, you know, they get them the playoffs, the Packers. And you said the Cardinals and the Panthers, I was like, oh my gosh, I just, yeah, so many teams. I don't know. Um, <laughs> So you have a Panthers-Patriots Super Bowl, I a do. rematch of the uh, Janet Jackson Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> Mushin Muhammad. The Mushin Muhammad Super Bowl. <laughs> um, the pride of Dustin <laughs> Thomas the, Davis. Jake DeLome was Jake a good DeLome. quarterback for a Super Bowl. Um, I think I'll stick by Seahawks and Packers just, just to go with it. I don't know. Maybe they'll get hot in the playoffs. I do think the Panthers and Cardinals are better teams than the two teams I named. Uh-huh. Uh, in the AFC, I think the Patriots will make it to the conference championship. I don't I, I stand by that pretty wholeheartedly. The second team in the AFC, I have the Chiefs. You know, getting there and losing. Andy Reid just can't overcome Bill Belichick. I hate it so much. I'm an Andy Reid fan. And so I think it'll be um, Patriots-Packers, a Super Bowl we haven't seen recently. I think the Packers will get revenge for that one wild NFC Conference Championship game. And uh, I just think Brady's in such... Um, Screw you mode this year. You got man. the Patriots being the Packers. Yeah, I hate being on the Patriots train. Say yeah. you win. I just, I think they're just really good. Who do you have winning that Patriots Panthers game? Um, I mean, I like, I, I, you know, I go for the story. I say they can go, <laughs> um, that the Panthers, they rebound, they, they win this one, they get revenge on the Patriots. Um, that being said, um, it's not like Tom Brady to lose a Super Bowl very often, so um, I'm going to have to go with the Patriots as well. The Patriots and the Patriots. I'm going to say this. I think the Patriots are going to win the AFC. I think they're going to beat the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to get it done. They're going to win their the playoff game. The Bengals game. are a strong choice. They're going to win their playoff game, and that's what they're here for. They're not going to beat the Patriots. It's going to be the Patriots in the Super Bowl. The Carolina Panthers have one problem on this roster, and it's that halfway through minicamp, they decided to let a Pro Bowl cornerback leave their team. And there's only one man in the entire NFL, I think, that has the tools necessary to, to really put that weakness at the forefront, and that's Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers are going to take out the Panthers at some point during the playoffs and then lose to the Cardinals in the <laughs> NFC title that, game. That's really viable, though. I uh, think yeah. that the Packers and the Cardinals are just the greatest the, game the going Cardinals right are now the best, in the NFC. The best team in the in the NFC, if not in the league. So, so, so that's a fun. So match. I have a Cardinals Patriots Super Bowl, and I want to see. I'm a Southern California boy. I have friends that went to Carson Palmer's high school. I want Carson Palmer to win a Super Bowl. I think that former Patriot Chandler Jones sacks Tom Brady to seal an Arizona Cardinals <laughs> Super Bowl narrative. victory. If there's any team that you know that's just built to win a Super Bowl, it's the it's the uh, Arizona Cardinals. All right. So, so this is the point of the show where I turn it over to you, Amit, if yeah. I understand correctly what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, so this is the, the lightning round, a fan favorite, or maybe just my favorite. I don't know. Um, I enjoy it, too. My favorite part of the show, it's a it's a news quiz, sports news quiz. For those who are not familiar, maybe you're listening to Sports Force After Dark for the first time. Uh, Marty will be competing against Michael. It is a game contest. Um, so each contestant will receive 10 questions okay. of sports news in okay. increasing difficulty. Okay. So there are three easy questions, three medium questions, three hard questions, and the 10th question is the Philadelphia Sports Special. <laughs> now, each uh, question that increases in difficulty is worth more points. So an easy question, you get it right, one point. Mm-hmm. Medium question, two points. Uh, hard question, three points. Mm-hmm. And 
you get the Philadelphia Sports Special, you get four points. Okay. Um, and one person will go first, we'll decide. Uh, there's always a rapper question in there. So um, do, are we each answering ten, or are we each answering each five? Each answering ten. Okay. So each person has a set of ten questions. Marty, you want to go first or sure. second? It's up to I, you. I okay. So Marty will go first. Okay. Um, the record is 13 points set by Ben Gorin. Okay. Uh, the margin of victory, I believe, is uh, 10 by Zach Wingrove. He might he might know the right number and call me out because he, he likes to brag about that thing. But that's okay. So, Marty, going first. Um, there's no real time limit on the answers, but just, you know. Make it snappy. snappy. Make yeah. it snappy, right? So, here we go. Uh, easy question. Number one. Who scored the winning touchdown in double overtime for Texas on Sunday? Oh, it's the 18-wheeler guy. It's the 18-wheeler. He has a name. Oh, <laughs> I watched this game. Oh. Don't have it? I don't have it. Tyrone, Tyrone Swoops. Swoops, yeah. Oh. Great game. Great game. Great game. Good, showing, good showing by uh, MLB player Steve Bouchil. I'm definitely saying his <laughs> last name wrong, right. son. This is a gimme for you. What team just set the record with pinch hit home runs in a season with 15? That is on, the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, your favorite team. Woo! Uh, oh, Marty does all of his first, yes, and then I yes. go? Okay, okay. So, number three, uh, who cruised to the semifinal of the U.S. Open, having only won nine sets? Gail Monfils. No. no. I know who that is. That's the Joker, because all his no opponents quit. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you didn't hear the last part. Sorry. You got one point out of easy questions. On to the medium questions. Never like to see that. Who no, set no. the program <laughs> record for field goals in the victory over Ole Miss on Monday? Aguayo. That is correct. Ricky. Ricky Aguayo. He has brothers. So, but, so <laughs> give, yeah, it we'll give it to him. Give it to him. got it. Yeah, for sure. Next medium question. Who came back from a six-shot deficit to win the Deutsche Bank Championship and regain his number three ranking? It's golf. Oh, I know. I watched this. Oh, it's Rory. Sorry. That is correct. Rory McIlroy. <laughs> nice, so nice. there you go. Two mediums. Um, next medium question. Which player became the all-time leading goal scorer in U.S. men's national team qualifying after the two games this past week? Josie. That is correct. Wow. So all nice. three mediums. Well nice. done. You're at seven. Um, hard questions. They get hard. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw made a rehab start on Tuesday for which Dodgers Class A affiliate? What? What's the team name? The team oh, name. I have no idea. The Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. Yeah, let's go Quakes. Did you know that? <laughs> I mean, I would. Oh, I might have been able to okay. get it, but I didn't. Like, I know next, that the Quakes. They're next hard game. question. Who scored a hat trick in his England under-21 debut this weekend? Soccer. I know. That's hard. Oh. It's a hard question. <laughs> oh. I don't even know most of the people on England over 21 team. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, it's Marcus Rashford. The he man scored for team. Man U in the rain against an orange team. I was uh, watching with my dad. It was a pretty fun yes, game. Yes, that was a, it was a very lit game. That was Hull City. They held out <laughs> valiantly. And then last hard question. John Mamuyak, who blocked Steph Curry's game-winning three in an exhibition game during his Under Armour Asia Tour, Played for the U18 team in FIBA for which country? Nigeria? No, Philippines. All right. Yes. So what, it was, what did Marty get? Seven? So he has one more. He has, oh, the, he has Philadelphia the Philadelphia Sports Special. So there are two Philadelphia questions? No. Where each, yeah, in each oh, okay. set there's okay. one. Okay. Sorry. okay, So which Patriots offensive lineman was originally coming to the Eagles as part of the Eric Rowe trade, but then did not come as part of the trade, and then was released by the Patriots? So, in short, who's the Patriots offensive lineman that was just released? Josh Klein. Tough question. Okay. Sorry. So I got so seven eight. points. Eight's the number. So eight is for the win. Okay. Let's do it. Here we go. Easy question. Which retired star cracked a deflate gate joke during the roast of Rob Lowe during the weekend? Wait, I didn't watch the roast of Rob Lowe. <laughs> you don't know? No. Uh, Peyton, chicken parm, you taste so good, Manning. Oh, okay. <laughs> good to know. Next easy question. Which two formerly unranked teams jumped number 10 and 11 in the college football rankings? Wisconsin and Tejas. Correct. Um, what three NBA players will be inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend? Gosh. That's three. That's a three-parter. I'm not going to get all three. We'll give you I'll give you a point for two. We can compromise. I don't even remember who's freaking year it is for the Hall of, the Hall All right. of Fame. It's you not one of my things. Don't I don't know it. It's uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Allen right. Iverson, and Yao Ming. Wow, Yao. Okay. So, like like Marty, only one point from the right, Here right, come right. the mediums. Which soccer team has expressed interest in hosting an NFL team in their soon-to-be-completed stadium? I don't know. Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, okay. My favorite soccer okay. team, but they, they, they want to host NFL okay. games. 
Good for them. Uh, baseball. Which Atlanta Brave hit an inside the park Dansby, home run? Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson, correct. And here's tennis. Which unranked player made the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open, becoming the first ever to do so? Think about why he might be unranked. Oh, it's isn't it Del Potro because yes. he's been hurt? Yes, that is correct. So go. medium question. There's two of them. So I just need one of these three. So here come the hard questions. Which country played its first ever competitive match in soccer during World Cup qualifying this weekend? Gosh. I I really... What about, like, Liechtenstein? Close. Okay. Small. Is, is it Luxembourg? No, it's it's okay. Kosovo. Well, I wasn't going right, to get so it. All right, so here's the rapper question of the week. Gosh. Drake had a tour stop in Phoenix, and he wore which player's jersey during his tour stop? Is it going to be his boy, Devin Booker? It is his boy, Devin Booker. There you go. Oh, there wow. Wow, the rapper that, question. You know that it's Drake bandwagon yeah. Kentucky fan yeah. Drake, so right. he's going to be rocking his boy, Devin Here, Booker. So chances to, to run up the score. Hard question. Who did the Bears sign as their replacement for Robbie it's, Gold? Uh, it's a... Connor Barth. That's correct. Wow, okay. Turn on the style, and then, hard question. <laughs> you might get this, because it's about the Phillies. Who snapped the nine-game losing streak for the Phillies against the Marlins on Tuesday? Like, who was the winning pitcher? Yes, who was the winning pitcher? Who He had lost his last nine starts in Gosh. decisions. God, is that Hellickson? No. Okay. Good guess. It's Adam Morgan. Oh, who knows who that is. So, so I come too shy of the Ben Goren record? Yes, so that, I'll, I'll take it. I'll it's, take it. It's impressive showing, so... 11 points to 7. Not a bad showing for either of you. Good game. I was worried. I was worried. I was sweating it out when I went 1 for 3 on the easy <laughs> questions. So. I'm now 0 and 3, I think. 0 and 3? That's <laughs> tough. Yeah. It's all right. There's there's always opportunities. We need so. some management changes. <laughs> Switch it up. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, not to worry. I still I don't think I've won Pick'em yet, so i got to cross that off the bucket list, too, this year. Yeah. But. So this has been Sports After Dark, the first one back of the, the fall of 2016. Keep tuning in. Um... I'm Malik, the producer. Thank you to excellent hosts, Marty Johnson and Michael Stern. Happy to be here. It's a lot of fun. Great to see you guys back on campus and keep it locked to WNUR for a lot of great content. This is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, guys. Go Cats!